0: Appreciate you checking us out here on Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. We are going to stick with our theme of spotlighting Bruins who are now preparing for the NFL draft, which is only a couple weeks away. We spoke with Josh Woods the other day, the Bruin linebacker who is zeroing in on the pros. We've got another one-on-one discussion. He is a linebacker as well. He's good buds, with Josh Woods, by now I've probably given it away. That interview starts right now. He has been devouring ball carriers for four years at UCLA, wrecking havoc in the backfield his whole career in Westwood. Chris Barnes is with us. And, Chris, is it your birthday today? <laughs> it
1: actually is. It turned uh, 22 today.
0: The big 22. I know we're in a, a tough time with coronavirus, but are you able to, in one way or another, Celebrate and have some joy with it being your birthday.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say my joy right now is I'm be able to be home with my family. You know, my parents are to going to work all day, so you know, just be able to get a chance to sit down with them since my my life for most last four years has been in L.A. So it'll be good to be here for my birthday with them.
0: And are you you're back in Bakersfield right now? Yes, sir. What was that journey like for you? For people to understand your recruiting story, the backstory behind it, how you ended up. Going to UCLA from Bakersfield, it
1: was kind of rough just because, uh, you know, the place I'm from, Bakersfield. There's not really, you know, many college scouts at that point, and many people would just pass on to Bakersfield on the way to Fresno to see like some guys from that area. So, um, starting about my freshman year, I, you know, I was starting to try things, take things a lot more serious, and going into my sophomore year, I tried to get on a seven on seven, uh, seven on seven team out in um, L.A. area, um, BPG five star my first time playing seven on seven i didn't know what it was because we didn't have that in bakersfield so uh, th- that year i was going back to seven on seven junior year seven on seven back and forth every weekend going to la or the Inland empire just to do tournaments practices just to be seen by you know college scouts and then you know i uh, think basically through that stuff and you know my, my, my year at, at high school did pretty well and uh, school started noticing and then i fell in love with ucla i mean it was just you know, you see the campus when you first get there. You know, my reasons was I wanted my family family to be able to come to the games and see everything that they sacrificed. So I was like, it's only an hour and a half away. Um, and great education, alumni system is great. So it's like I wanted to be able to play. For UCLA. And that day they offered me, I committed. And
0: I was what was that back and forth between you and UCLA when you first started to get that momentum going? They were interested in you. You obviously were back at them. When did that marriage, so to speak, come come together?
1: Um, It was honestly fast. It happened pretty fast. Um, it was Coach Scott White, um, the linebacker coach at that time, who was reached out to me, um, obviously through Facebook, that's how it was back then, and yeah. we, uh, just, you know, kind of connected in that sense, and he I had already watched himself him from, from high school, and he's already giving me advice on, like, how to correct me, so and stuff like, that's, like, no other coach really coming this way at me, already trying to help me, I'm not even there yet, so, um, they you know, they got me down there for an unofficial visit, and I was able to see the whole campus from, you know, the classes to our facilities to everything else that's around there, and then met with, uh, Coach White, Coach Bradley at the time, and then I had met Coach Mora. But as I was in there, they just they offered me. I for a second. I was like, you know what I'm just going to do. Like, I'm going to commit. And ever since then, we just kept building relationships up until I got there. and It's just been good since.
0: Chris Barnes joining us here on Locked On Bruins, former UCLA linebacker, making his way now, preparing for the NFL. And what was the first thing when you met Jamora that he said to you?
1: Oh, man, that he said to me? Um... I, I can tell you, I mean, I most, most of the conversation was just like, you know, they were excited to have me there. They liked what they seen on film and, um, you know, after further, just, you know, being around them and kind of, you know, talking to them a little bit, they said they want to, you know, just reach out and extend me the, you know,
0: offer and then. I was like, it's good. I'm ready to go. So what I've read, Chris, and you've been open about this, when you were first at UCLA as a freshman, you would have maybe deemed yourself a little bit shy, somebody that was trying to get used to his surroundings. What did that look like? How did your – did? I know you're not this way anymore, but when you first got to UCLA, how did your shyness show itself during team-related events?
1: Being around my roommates, it took me a little minute to get comfortable with my roommate. Um and then in team meetings, I would just not really say too much. Pos- position meetings, kind of sit in the back row and just take my notes, do what I had to do quietly to make sure I knew what I was doing, but I just didn't express nothing. Just, just say, yes, sir, no, sir. It was just real shy with everybody. And then I would say Joshua Woods and some of my other friends, like Kimmy and Langie and B- Brandon Burton at the time, who was, uh, who was there, they all kind of just being around that made me more comfortable with the team. And I kept branching out over time. I am who I am now where I speak freely and joke around and play around no matter what.
0: You you spoke about some of those other linebackers that you played with, and there is this reputation around UCLA as being one of those places you could call linebacker you. You look back in the last six NFL drafts, six Bruin linebackers have been selected. You guys were a great unit and had been the last couple years. You, Josh Woods, and others who made up that group. Where do you feel like... You stand as you start to think about your potential and where you might fit at the next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, like you said, that's one, also one of the reasons why I, I wanted to come to UCLA. At that time, we were producing linebackers, and I was like, to come here and be part of this, be part of this training, like, you'll get me to where I want to be. And now, you know, going through the process of transitioning from college to the NFL, it's kind of a whole different process, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, going to college, you were people reach out to you, and it's like a whole recruitment. Now it's like they're they're asking they're asking us questions, evaluating us, and we don't really get a you know saying it, which is, is is cool in itself. But at the same time, it's kind of you know a little nervous, a little stressing sometimes. But you know, I think we just take it day by day, and um, you know, just try, continue to try to you know get get where we want to be. Because ultimately, whether it's first round or undrafted, you know, just as long as we get a shot, you know, the players that you know have put the put the work in and um, Done the things like you know, a lot of us Bruins have. You know, hopefully, we get the shot to, to show ourselves and showcase what we could do and then um, go from there.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I had a Darius Pickett on the other day, and look, he wasn't drafted, and now he's on the New England Patriots. He got a shot with a couple teams and now is finding a home there. So, like you said, just because you don't get drafted doesn't mean you can't make it in a big way. Let's go back. To your college days for just a moment you've had some injuries that you've had to really battle through your sophomore year the the bronchitis and there were there, there was fluid in your lungs we heard about it you were open about it but on a day-to-day basis dealing with that what challenges did that bring and what was that like for you to have to experience something like that
1: because I, I was dealing with that really the majority of the season like i started it, it started in um, the beginning of camp, where I kind of had trouble breathing here and there. I thought it was asthma problems, both my parents have asthma, so I got an inhaler and it, it, it helped a little bit, but it didn't really do much. And then it went, it went to the season and kept getting worse. And it got to the point to where I did have the bronchitis, the whole cough and pneumonia. And they told me I was, I had flu to my lungs and like there was a, a good time they caught it, but like I didn't know what was really going on. I didn't think it was that serious, so I was kind of trying to push through all that. And it was like it, just, it, it dealt with me. You know, pretty severely for half a season, and then I decided to sit out and got better with the medication that I had. But uh, injuries have been, you know, you know, tough to tough to deal with. Just it sucks that you have them, but it comes with the game. So just gotta stay have a positive positive mindset through it all.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've shown the perseverance. You've been battle-tested through these injuries, not letting it end up pulling you down. How is your knee feeling? I know you were in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Where are you with your knee in that status? Yeah,
1: it feels, you know, back to itself. You know, fully healed, my whole body's you know, especially now, What well, kind of the rest we're getting, we're not really, you know, um, doing at the college off-season training. It's more like, you know, get prepared for the next the next level. You know, my body can kind of recover in a sense and rest. So there's different. My whole body needs feeling good. I didn't wear a brace in the l p a game, so it was good not to be able to have a brace on my knee again, feel movement. So it's it's for sure better.
0: Glad to hear you are 100 percent back and healthy. And coming up next year on Locked On Bruins, as we continue our one-on-one chat with former UCLA linebacker Chris Barnes, who was eyeing the NFL is how he is working around the current circumstances involving the coronavirus. How he's not letting the lack of pro days or the inability to have face-to-face interaction with NFL personnel dissuade him, and he's still finding opportunities to promote himself. He'll tell you how he's doing that next Chris, it must have been frustrating when you heard UCLA, like all the other schools, had to cancel their pro days due to the coronavirus outbreak, and thus you were not able to have that one-on-one discussion with NFL scouts and personnel who would have showed up to such event. How are you managing otherwise? What alternatives are you using to promote yourself given the very tricky circumstances that we're living in right now?
1: Yeah, you know, it's definitely difficult and no one's really it's new for everybody, so it's like no really advice on what to do. But all we can do at this point is, you know, me and my agent I talked about it um, you know, throughout my time of training for the, you know, potential day that was gonna be there as far as the forties and three cone and all the drills. Um, luckily where I was training at, we had a film of of all that, you know. So we filmed everything. We have, you know, record uh, recorded times on um all my, you know, forties, three cones and everything like that. So everything we pretty much needed for a pro day we have, it's just not the in stuff. And then the other way, you know, I I, I like to, you know, show my, show my um, like what I, what I can do for a team is by my IQ. So like when teams call you and, you know, they talk through schemes, how well you talk to a scheme. Just I try to, you know, just show everything that I have just to let teams know, like, you know, with the opportunity I can make things, you know, go down a good path.
0: What other kind of questions do scouts probe at you, or are there general guidelines for interviewing a potential draft pick?
1: Yeah, you know, well, definitely. I think the thing for me, the thing that I was, you know, kind of being told on, you know, what's the best way to do an interview is, you know, just be yourself. You don't know, want to, you know, try to force and make it seem like you're you're smarter than you actually are. Just be yourself. Be, you know, comfortable with everything you're saying. Um, and just, you know, let that personality come through how you are as a person. You know, a lot of these scouts, um, they'll ask you because they want to know what type of person you are. They don't want a no knucklehead coming into, you know, the, a big organization. So, you know, they ask you, like, your background a little bit, um, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family, and then move on to, you know, teams will, teams will ask, like, is there any off-field issues that we have to worry about? And you got to be honest because they know the truth. They found stuff that people that could find anything really – and if you're lying, I'm sure they're they're gonna find out. That's just not a good look. So for me, it's like always be open, always be honest, and just you know be myself. And that's that's what I was. And I feel like that's what a lot of teams, you know, you know, they see that you know genuine and that that personality that I bring out, and they they know that they're again, a hard worker, someone that's you know willing to you know come every day and be and be happy doing what they're doing. So I just try to make a good impression. You know, just be myself, and you know whoever you know take the chance is is a blessing.
0: So I want to get a timeline on what you've been up to lately. You had the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl that you participated in in January. What have you done from then till now? And then what do you plan on doing now until the draft in a couple weeks?
1: Yeah. um, So after NFLPA game, um, I had to go start training for the pro day that I thought was going to be there. So to find a training spot... Um, I ended up going to Florida, so I was near South Beach and all that area, but I was just living in a in a um, like Airbnb with two other guys I was training with. It's a whole different scenery for me. I'd never been to Florida or even the East Coast, so it's like it was new for me with the time zone and everything. Yeah. But um, you know, moving over there I felt like I was the best fit, you know, 'cause a lot of teams were thinking, you know, I'm more on the slower side, so I, I wanted to go over there to Florida to be with this guy named Pete Bombritos who's you no, know, he's, you know, uh, good with, you know, teaching the technical work and 40 work as far as speed and, you know, getting us prepared for the for pro days and combines. So I thought it was the best fit. And um, it actually, you know, ended up working out. You know, everything was going smoothly, smoothly over there. It was a great time, you know. Being able to just lock into what I'm doing, uh, wake up, be there most of the day just from multiple training sessions and lifts, go home and be on a meal plan and get your body the way you want it to look. And then um, when this coronavirus started to kick up a little bit, and there was talk of canceling pro day. That's why that's when I decided just to come home, which was the middle of March. Um, came home to LA, and then things started start going downhill. Pro day was canceled. So now at this point, really, I'm just you know I'm back in Bakersfield. Um, luckily, my parents have weights and like a gym set, so I'm able to still lift and get some movement in. I'll go I'll go on a run, as well as um you know go to the field you know in a park or hopefully get to into my high school do bag drills just keep myself in shape, keep myself going, keep, you know, recording videos of um, drops and, you know, the things I'm doing so I can put it on a file and be able to see how my agents to you know, NFL teams.
0: I, I, I could not agree with you more. Josh Woods the other day was talking about, yeah, social media is the key right now. That is how you have to promote yourself and you are doing all the right things. And you were seemingly doing all the right things late in a game that I can't not talk about if I have you on an interview. And that is the win, the improbable comeback win last year against Washington State, where you played a, a strong part in the victory by forcing a fumble. Your buddy Josh Woods lands and recovers on the football. That was late in the fourth quarter. And then that would end up leading to UCLA taking the lead and winning. Miraculously. What was that experience like for you?
1: That's that's an unforgettable experience and all, you know, just being a part of like 'cause we had that we had that comeback win against Texas AM, you know, my my freshman year I believe. And then but I wasn't really a part of that. Like I wasn't on the field being a big cont- contributor. This time it was like I'm i I'm playing the whole game. I made a big, you know, key, you know, play in a game that turned around for everybody. So it's like to be a part of it have done something special like that, man, it's unforgettable. Be able to do with the guys that you grind with, guys like Josh Woods, and be able to – because I'll come to the sideline after every play, and Leggy uh, it and always he's like, all we need is uh, another stop and a touchdown, another stop, a touchdown. And it just seemed like every time I was going on the field and back, it was one less. So just be able to go through the, all, those, the, all those memories, all the experiences, man, it's going to be unforgettable. But I was more happy for Josh that game because, you know, we have a pullman and uh, – sure him with the haliski Halisky family, it's just you know, he, he, he was that was like his brother growing up, so for him to be able to get those three turnovers in that game, a pick and those two fumble recoveries was huge. I was like that's just that's a meaning behind that. So I was I was happy for him for that reason.
0: There was that, that sizable deficit you guys were up against when playing the Cougars. And I know we've heard players say we weren't looking at this scoreboard, we always believed but what was it really like Along the sideline, when you noticed that the score was pretty drastic in the Cougars' favor, what was your approach so that you didn't become already convincing yourself and the team that all right, we probably are not going to win this thing; it's out of hand.
1: Our thing was that we kind of kept preaching was you know just we got to make sure we that we're all on the same page, keep talking, and don't like we can't give up because we give up it's, it's already it's already bad; it only get worse. So from this point, all we can do now is go out there and fly around, you know, make plays, and just, you know, be all on one accord. I feel like after halftime, you know, as a defense, we figured out the little schematical stuff that we had to fix, but we never gave up. We kept flying around. We kept trying to make plays. You saw guys, you know, trying to hit, hit. – we had, like, what, a couple six fumbles that game or something like that? So Yeah. just guys were just, you know, doing a lot of a lot of, of work. And we saw, okay, we got to stop. We got to touchdown. Okay. I'm going to stop that touchdown. Okay, we could do this. And from that point, it was just the momentum kept building and building. It was like, it was pretty much like a movie the second half. It was like, is this really happening? Like, this is crazy, And
0: It ended up happening. That game, no doubt, will go down as one of the best in college football history. And you were not part of only one miraculous comeback, but another unfathomable comeback. And that was against Texas A&M. You were an underclassman at that time. How about being on the field for that game?
1: As a, a underclassman and seeing this happen, I was like, wow. i like, this this came out of nowhere. I've never seen like night before. To be in the locker room, it just, it just appeared, just joy, sh- shocked facing. Like, it did that even happen? Just that feeling. It's kind of the same thing in Washington State after the game. Like, we were just, you know, just genuine excitement for each other and, like, the outcome. And then it was just, so in that moment, key, low-key, low-key feel unstoppable, I guess.
0: That's the voice of Chris Barnes hanging out with us today on Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. Chris, knowing that you've been through the Chip Kelly protocol, if, say, a prospective recruit came to you and said, Hey, Chris, what is it like being coached by Chip Kelly? What do I have to prepare for most? What would you say? Um, For
1: me, I would say be prepared to work. I mean, um Tim Kelly is very he's a very smart coach. He's very um he has things detailed, you know, and you can tell by our practices it's very organized, you get straight to it, it's fast, you're flying, but it's very detailed and just smart behind what he's doing. So just just prepare to work hard because there's nothing you can't hide behind anything there, you know. We're all if you're if you're not working it's gonna be shown and that just messes you up, so For me, that's my most thing. I would say to be prepared to come in for hard work, and it's gonna be gonna be tough. But you're around your guys that you know, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and just have fun doing it. So, my main thing would be uh, that he's just be ready for be ready to work.
0: You exude hard work, Chris Barnes. That has been one of your your biggest strong suits over your football career, and I have no doubt that using that as your platform, you will open opportunities for yourself at the next level. We can't wait to see what happens and where you end up in your landing spot because I know wherever that is, you're going to make the best of that opportunity. You've always said, just give me a chance and I will prove some people wrong and find a home in the NFL. Chris Barnes, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really do appreciate it and we are excited for you and to see what's in store for your future.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, this is a pleasure to be able to do it. Um, You know, I have no problem doing this, so I definitely
0: appreciate it. Great insight from Chris Barnes coming from a small-town kid and now on the cusp of realizing his professional dreams and seeing those through in the NFL. We will be rooting him on all the way, and Bruin Nation will have his back. Coming up tomorrow on the show, we've got some former UCLA basketball players who know what it's like to play in not one Final Four, but multiple Final Fours under Ben Hallen? You're not going to mo- want to miss this. We might have to break it into two different episodes, but we've got some more celebrities on the program. And this is certainly a place where you can forget about the current events in the world and hang out with us here on Locked On Bruins. Also, if you want to chime in, got something on your mind, reach out to me via email, lockedonbruins@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So, plenty, plenty more goodies for you later this week. So, be sure to keep an eye on when those come down on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe as well. And we'll keep this thing going. We'll keep entertaining and providing you informative content with one on one interviews with important Bruin athletes, and we'll just keep this thing rolling. I'm Brian Fenley, and this has been Locked on Bruins.